you're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Welcome back, everybody. Jeff here, and today my guests are Julie and Joanne Nemechek from Jackson, Michigan. Joanne is a therapist, and Julie is a retired pastor and professor, and they've been together as a couple for 46 years. Julie, Joanne, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Glad to be here. Well, tell me how you all met and uh, a little bit about your relationship. Well, we met in college um, at Roberts Wesson College in Rochester, New York. I transferred there in my uh, sophomore year because my dad was the dean of students and I could go for free. And it was Joanne's <laughs> freshman year. And uh, we actually first met during freshman orientation. Um, and I'll let Joanne talk about our first date. <laughs> well, um, there is a common area that we, um, was where we would come and have pop and socialize. And one day that I um, sat down and started talking to Julie and there was another girl there and um, the girl was talking to Julie um, at that time was John and was saying that, uh, well, I can't marry you today because um, I have to go to work. Then John said to her, well, how about tomorrow? Well, that's not going to work either. Well, when the girl left, I said to John, well, you can't marry her because then you won't be able to go out with me. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> it was. And our first actual date was watching Monday night football in the uh, commons room of a dorm. <laughs> well, we fell in love pretty quickly. And by the end of my sophomore year and the end of Julie's uh junior year we got married and i was studying to be a nurse and and julie was majoring in english at that time so we uh completed our college and then had three children julie went on to seminary and that was in the chicago area <laughs> yeah it, it was um you know, a lot, a lot of people don't get married that early in their college careers, but it was at the end of Joanne's sophomore year, year my junior year, and it, it worked out well. We were both able to um, finish on time in our undergraduate programs, and uh, I was the son uh, of a Baptist preacher and said, the last thing I'll ever do is be a pastor, and God had other plans, and so seminary came into, uh, into view, and we went to seminary. I went to seminary outside of Chicago at what is now Northern Seminary. Joanne was working full time, so I went to school full time and completed three years of seminary in 20 months by uh, going and taking 30 semester hours in one summer by going to four different colleges over the summer <laughs> or seminaries. Wow. And Joanne, you're a therapist now, but you started as a nurse, is that correct? Yes, I was a nurse for almost 39 years. So uh, I went back to um, school in 2007 to become a social worker. I see. 
Okay, so I don't want to make any assumptions here, but it sounds like when you met and uh, throughout college you identified, correct me if I'm wrong, as a cisgendered heterosexual couple. It is correct, and um, that's true for not only through college and seminary, but 20 years of pastoral ministry and then overlapping a little bit, uh, 16 years as a, a university professor and uh, administrator. I see. So tell me then a little bit about your awareness, Julie, that you needed to be more authentic in who you are. Yeah, and that was uh, 2003. Um, like many my age, uh, I learned a lot about what it meant to be transgender by going on the internet. You know, my earliest childhood memories is uh, that my favorite playmates were girls, so I grew up, you know, feeling that way. And and um, combination of physical and verbal bullying uh, made it clear to me in late fifth grade that I needed to put on a little more macho performance if I was going to live to be a teenager. So um, I did, and I, I lived a, a pretty strong male life. I had some athletic abilities, so uh, I played basketball and cross-country track all through, all through high school um, and even played some collegiate basketball. But... Um, always in the back of my mind, you know, there was a sense that I was, I was different in some way and that I should have been a girl. And, and so in 2003, um, I came out to Joanne um, after she came uh, home from an extended uh, trip away for a shower. And uh, I wasn't sure if the marriage was going to survive. Tell me about that, Joanne. What was that like to hear, and how did you all get through it? Well, I got home, and there was flowers all over the place, and um, when I put my clothes away, I noticed some of my clothes were not in the place that I normally had them, and so I asked Julie, what's going on here? And that was not what I was expecting to hear, that um, she was thinking that she was a cross-dresser at that time. She, um, and it just blew me away. Um, I was basically in shock for several days. Um, don't, I don't know how I functioned at work, um, but I did go to work and went through the motions, but a lot of that memory is kind of erased. It was very shocking. I wasn't sure if, Julie was actually a Christian. It just um, really shook my understanding and how could this happen? And I was so unaware of it. So at night I would read to Joanne from books that talked about what being transgender was all about. And uh, we would talk about it and she'd ask questions and I'd answer them the best of my ability. And she even made observations that if she'd been Looking for it, she would have seen it in some things that came out uh, in our marriage. But through a combination of prayer and tears and hugs, we made it through that first uh, six weeks or so and uh, even led a group of students on a, a trip to Ireland that January. 
Yeah, the internet provided a lot of information for me and directed me to some books I like to read, as a lot of pastors and university professors both like to do, and would share some of that information with Joanne. Um, we later came out to our, our three boys, and um, they've been all very supportive. Uh, my siblings have been supportive. Um, Joanne's family, not so much. When I came out to my dad, who was uh, had been a pastor for 20 years before going into higher education himself, the first words out of his mouth were exactly what I needed to hear. He said, I don't see any problem with being transgender and being a Christian. Ah, amazing. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And, and so the coming out process kind of continued and rolled on um, over the years until I came out to my uh, um, my boss at work at the Spring Harbor University, and, and uh, she surprisingly said that she already knew. Uh, we had been to her house for a little reception after her recommitment and baptism, and she has a daughter who's a medical doctor that said to her, Natalie, I think John's transgender. And Natalie says, oh, no. And, and then Shelly, her daughter, says, well, I think so. And if he is, he's going to need all the support you can give him. And she immediately told her, her daughter, that she would have it. And she was honest about that and kept her part of the bargain, but felt she needed to tell her boss who needed to tell her boss, which was the university president. And uh, to make a long story short, I was employed for still another year and a half at Spring Arbor University because of some value I had to them. But um, they increasingly made it difficult, and um, I had to file an EEOC complaint against them, and they wouldn't mediate. So Joanne and I told our story to the local newspaper, and then Super Bowl Sunday 2007, it came out front page above the fold, and went uh, coast to coast within about six hours and, and that year did a hundred media over a hundred media interviews and joanne was involved in many of them including newsweek and wall street journal and fox news among others so the two of you were really part of those early days of educating the public about what it means to be trans and a trans identified couple yes it was a, a struggle for me to come to a place of um, acceptance before the newspaper article came out um, and Julie was still living as John. She told me it makes perfect sense to me to come out when the newspaper or to transition when the newspaper article comes out. And I said, no, um, you know, I was hoping that we could put this off for, you know, like 20 years or something. Um, <laughs> But uh, we had a really difficult time um, because I did not want others to see me as a lesbian. I still feel like I'm a heterosexual female, and um, I didn't like being seen as a lesbian when I knew I wasn't. But, you know, I had to get past what other people think and um, let that go. And my love for Julie is what... Um, caused me to commit to the marriage and allow that to happen. And um, so I had a time of prayer and then I wrote a letter to Julie telling her that I was 
going to stand beside her and that I felt like I had been blackmailing her, trying to keep her from transitioning because of my discomfort. And from that time on, I was able to support her and come out very publicly. Well, Joanne's um, journey in many ways is as substantial or even more so than mine. And I, I think um, her career change was part of that, switching from nursing to social work in part so that she could work with transgender people and their, and their families. And um, that's become a mission of hers. And, and part of why we were so willing to tell our stories is that you know, that's what changes hearts and minds. When people hear the stories of, of people, um, it really becomes a, a significantly different thing. And I, I, when I've done a lot of public speaking and I've often said, hate in the abstract is real easy, but when you put a face to it, it becomes a lot harder. Absolutely. Well, Joanne, can you say just a little bit more? I, I will tell you that in my practice over the years, I've worked with a number of couples in which um, one is transitioning. And while several of them have been able to make that transition, some of them have not been able to. And often uh, the person not transitioning has said, you know, I don't have any problem. It's not uh, transphobia. It's not homophobia. It's not, I don't disagree with it in any way. I'm supportive of the community. But here's my reality, and I don't know how to make that work in terms of uh, the physicality and the loving of another uh, gender. It's just kind of not what I signed up for. So I'm wondering how you obviously made it past that. Your love must have been very strong. It was my love for Julie, and um, I just could not imagine living without her. Um, I think that there's a difference be for some people, they are able to be attracted to the person and some people are more attracted to the sex of the person. Um, I leave a partners group at U of M, University of Michigan, um, for transgender couples. And I, I stay with the partner, not the transgender person. And I've had women that um, it's more about the sexuality rather than the, um, the person that they're not able to stay in the relationship. It's more like a roommate kind of deal rather than a loving marriage after the transition. But I'm able to stay with Julie because of the person. And so we express love the way we can. How would you compare and contrast uh, your relationship before and after the transition? What are the strengths and weaknesses of each one? I think in many ways, the transition has brought us closer together, um, working through that uh, um, the trauma of, of, of coming out and, and being able to do that together has drawn us together more. We've communicated better, I think, um, after that. And having a, a shared commitment to, you know, being of help to faith communities as, as well as transgender communities and understanding both. We've done a, a number of um, 
shared presentations at churches where we talk about a little bit about transgender, tell our story, and then answer questions. And, um, you know, we'll answer just about any questions somebody asks. We're fairly open about that. But, and I think all of that is, has drawn us uh, closer together. I think in, in retrospect, you know, keeping that part of who I am uh, apart from Joanne, it set up kind of a wall between us before the coming out. And, and so I, I, I think that's changed. And the other thing is that I, I think our faith has grown for both of us uh, uh, in the process. Yeah, for me, the um, wall that came up soon after we were married, I would I was pretty good at reading body language. But boy, if I tried to read body language on Julie, I got um, chewed out. And it caused me to go into a mild depression because I just felt like we had such a good um, bond before we got married, but now I feel like this wall was coming up. And um, so she really hid her emotions. She didn't like to talk about things emotionally. And um, also there seemed to be some secrecy that I just couldn't put my finger on. Uh And part of it was that financially, um, like, Julie had a traveling job early in her marriage and some, it just seemed like the money wasn't there that was supposed to be there. And part of that was, I learned that she was buying clothes when she was away and then would throw them away before coming home. Yeah. That's yeah. Among transgender people is called spurge, the splurge and purge. (laughs) And uh, that happens Fairly frequently, I guess, but it was a way of me finding um, some comfort and being able to be who I was um, in a way that didn't put things in in our marriage in jeopardy. And and at the time, I really didn't understand it as much as I did uh, later in our marriage. And um, that was was something that grew in as we shared and talked and. I began to understand more and more. Well, tell me more about your kids. We have uh, three boys. Uh, the oldest is a third-generation Baptist pastor. <laughs> um, and uh, he has one son. Uh, and A lovely wife. A lovely wife, yeah. Uh, our middle son uh, has three kids, uh, two boys and a girl. And uh, they're, uh, they're a neat couple. Um, and our youngest has uh, two boys and a girl as as well. Um, so you all are grandparents yeah. several times over. Seven grandkids. Huh. <laughs> and all three sons are happily married. Yeah. And we couldn't be more happy uh, with their spouses. Coming out to them was different. Uh, the, uh, the oldest at first was very supportive, but then, you know, had a lot of questions and distancing related to his faith perspective. The middle son, you know, I, I, and his wife both, we could have told them we were Martians and they would have said, okay, let's see. <laughs> What's for dinner? Yeah, they're just two easygoing couples. And the youngest two are very, both very cerebral. And when we came out to them, I could see the computer light on in their computer room, the computer was on, and uh, youngest had been doing some research. And and uh, when I knocked on the door and came in, he 
shot question after question for me for about an hour and then said, okay, I get it. And uh, they've been very supportive and he even had a blog for a while uh, titled My Father She <laughs> ah. and posted things about both his experience and our experience in the, the drama with the university and the news media. About a community involvement, how important has that been in your relationship? Well, for being a pastor for 20 years, that meant Joanne was a pastor's wife for 20 years. And so that was always very important in our lives. You know, one of the hardest things about not being a pastor is finding a church. And we um, found a church and we're very active in it. Um, I had served in the elder board. They asked me to serve another term after I'd been off for a year. And that was right after I began to understand um, authentically who I really um, am and felt that I needed to, to tell the pastor before I went any further in that process. And um, that started a dialogue that lasted for about eight months. And then the elder board and the pastor pretty much made it clear that, you know, if I was going to follow the standards of care for being a transgender person that we weren't welcome there anymore. Um, so we had to find a new church. And that was the new church that we have has been very accepting and loving. And we have been able to both be in leadership there. So it's been quite a journey. But as we've also been very involved in the community of Jackson and the extended community. We've been in PFLAG and um, Julie was part of the uh, Pride Parade, the first Pride Parade in Jackson um, two summers ago. I spoke at that and uh, it was really surprising how many people came out. We weren't sure what was going to happen because it's a fairly conservative community, but um, there was just a really generous outpouring of support. The church that we're at now, um, we had been attending as Julie and Joanne for oh, five or six weeks before the story came out in the paper. And that Sunday, we weren't sure what was going to happen. But person after person and family after family just came up to us and said, we're so glad you're here. We didn't know. We're, we're, you know, we're glad that you to have you with us. And so we became members of that church later that month. It's so good to be accepted for who you are. Transitioning is a big part of your all story. But all of that aside, what makes your relationship work? One, our love for each other, um, being able to talk about things, and a shared commitment to getting this, this story out, I think, are all part of what uh, does. We've been able to work with some other couples and try to help them keep a marriage surviving. We weren't always successful, but have been in a number of instances. And and, and that is a shared vision we have. Um, You've done some mentoring. We have, yeah. Uh, and our faith, I think, has been a big part of uh, what we share together, too. I think we've increasingly um, become more open about um, sharing our lives with each other verbally, you know, what what we're struggling with and, um, you know, maybe something I would have done secretly before I just come out and say it now. So I feel a lot um, better trust in the relationship and more strength personally 
I feel like I've really grown as a person and um, have my self-esteem has um, improved immensely. Yeah, and not only in, in relationship to each other, uh, I think in, in, in our f- in faith with God, too. I, I, I like to say that, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that we feel closer to God when we seek to live more authentic, with more authenticity. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that's part of our faith journey together, too. And you were married in New York. Western New York, yes. Tell me about that. Well, um, we met at college, Roberts Wesleyan College near Rochester, New York. Um, I'm from Ransomville, New York, which is a little bit north of Niagara Falls. And we got married in the church that I grew up in. We had Julie's dad um, was one of the pastors. Our college pastor was another. And our college and my pastor from my home church. So we had three pastors marrying us. So I think it tied the knot really tight. (laughs) And did you remarry or do any kind of ceremony after Julie transitioned, or did you just uh, honor your original marriage? Honored our original marriage. And, you know, it was valid then and still valid now. Julie, Joanne, we're almost out of time, but when you mentor younger couples, what advice do you give them and what advice would you give our listeners in terms of just the secrets of making a relationship not only strong, but long-term and resilient? I think uh, coming into the relationship with humility is really important to understand that um, this adjustment is going to be hard and that it will take a lot of talking feelings will get hurt but if you love each other um, keep holding on to that love and work towards the common goal of being together and supporting each other a lot of people struggle with just the idea of somebody being trans transgender in the relationship. And so um, supporting them as they struggle through those ideas and coming to terms with it is, it's really helpful to have another couple to, to talk to. Yeah. And I, I think caring about what's best for the other person, if you have that perspective in mind, um, it helps work through a lot of the issues involved, um, whether it's in a trans marriage or any other marriage, uh, I, I think having that commitment to put put the needs of the other person in a, you know, a high priority in your life and, and seek to find out what's best for them, because often it's also what's best for you. I love that. What's best for the other is often what's best for you. Julie, yeah. Joanne, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Our pleasure, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Julie and Joanne. If so, would you do me a favor? Go on over to iTunes or Apple Podcast, rate the show, and leave a review. And don't forget, you can also tell your friends they can listen on Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, Overcast, Anchor, or Radio Public. 
Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening, and have a great week.